friends. Let's have a soul talk. Today we're talking about the importance of our emotions in all of our relationships, including with God. When Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us to bring our emotions to him. That's where apprenticeship to Jesus starts, because we live in our emotions, whether we feel them consciously or not. We're thankful to all of you who donate to the ministry of Soul Shepherding. You enable us to help pastors and missionaries who lack resources and to provide this podcast for free to thousands of people each week. Christy, I'm excited to begin this new Soul Talks podcast series with you on befriending our emotions. I'm really excited about this too, honey. This has been something that we've really, it's been one of our unconscious competencies, I think, something that people keep telling us, you have something here to teach. We want to hear more of this. They get glimpses of it from us at our institute, and then they're like, tell us more. And it's been fun for us to kind of see, yeah, God has taught us a lot, and he's done a great work of maturing and of growth in his joy in his life. So I'm excited about this too, and I'm excited because in September, we're going to be up in Washington. We're going to be speaking at the Awakening Prayer Institute conference up there on befriending your emotions. September 15th and 16th, that's a Saturday and Sunday in Everett, Washington in the Seattle area. We'll be at the Bethel Baptist Church, and we're partnering with Dr. Wes Johnson and his wife, Catherine. Uh, They're pastors and leaders there in the church and in the Awakenings Prayer Institute, and Dr. Teresa Shotties, who is the director uh, with Wes, and so uh, thankful for them and their ministry to pastors and leaders and all sorts of uh, men and women uh, who are serving the Lord and uh, just seeking to grow spiritually and personally. So it's going to be a great conference. If you uh, can come, we would love to have you there. Chris and I will be speaking both days, leading all the all the sessions and doing lots of soul talks live. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing some of you there. And, you know, I I love that Awakening Prayer Institute, you know, the name of that, that that Wes has there. And Teresa, yesterday in church, we sang that worship song by Phil Wickham and Chris, I don't know how to say Chris's last name, but, and the awake, your love awakens me Mm -hmm. is the name of the song. And I just love the the lyrics there were talking about, you called me out of the grave, you called me into the light, you called my name, and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens me. And I think that really fits for putting words to my journey of learning to befriend my emotions. Because so often we, we try to repress our emotions, to, to deaden them in a sense. And it's been a great gift to receive God's love, you know, primarily through you, Bill, but also through other ambassadors of Christ, counselors that I've seen, you know, spiritual friends, spiritual directors that have been ambassadors of God's love to awaken me out of the grave of trying to deaden my emotions into calling them into life, into life in Christ. Yeah, you know, what you're saying, Christy, is uh, shocking to some of our listeners because (laughs) most of us think that the way to be awakened and to be enthusiastic and energetic in life is to repress all the negative emotions, but you're saying the opposite. I am. And, you know, I've seen this. I've had the gift of being spending so many hours in the therapy office with clients who come in and they have been trying to deaden and deny and distract from their emotions because emotions can be painful. And I see the way 
that it's shut them down. To, yeah, it's depressing. To life. Yeah. When we deny our emotions, mm-hmm. it's de-energizing and mm-hmm. it's depressing. Right. And they they come in and they're they're tired and they're drained and they don't have a sense of life. And actually listening to them, I start to feel that tiredness too. Sure. Yeah. You know, you're I, absorbing what they're feeling. That's part of being a really good listener right? and offering empathy. Yeah. So you, you learn pretty quick as a therapist that if you're starting to fall asleep with somebody, they're probably denying emotion and you need to go hunting for that emotion. And that's, that's part of what I'm talking about here with the befriending your emotion, the awakening your emotion. You know, I love how you've said good shepherd goes looking for the lost parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, he goes after the lost sheep. We often think about that as people that aren't in relationship with him. That's true. But when we're denying our emotion, even if we're a follower of Christ, even if we're, you know, saved or believers, we can still very much have many lost parts of us that aren't in honest relationship with God or anyone else. Yeah, and this isn't just a psychologizing of the gospel or something. The, the, the theology of salvation is that it's a lifelong process. It's, it's a progression of being increasingly saved by God's grace, increasingly conformed to the image of Jesus. So in that, in that process, uh, parts of us can get damaged uh, and, and lost. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about your, your emotions, your needs, uh, memories from your childhood, different aspects of your yourself that are outside of relationship. They're like lost sheep mm-hmm. that need to be found and embraced. And our good shepherd delights in all of us. And if you don't believe that, you're listening to me, just just think about the book of Psalms right in the heart of the mm-hmm. Bible. And more than half of those Psalms are filled with uh, sadness and anxiety and frustration and fear and uh, feeling like God is distant and other negative feelings. And the psalmist is teaching us how to pray through those emotions, mm-hmm. not by stuffing them, mm-hmm. but by feeling them yeah. and talking to God about how we feel and, and letting God understand. And it, it wasn't just a me and God thing. These psalms were shared in community, mm-hmm. in, in small groups and in synagogues, and people would pray them together. And so they, they were sharing their emotions and empathizing with each other mm-hmm. uh, in times of lament and yeah. learning how to uh, worship God in a way that's not just putting a fake smile on, but it's deeply honest and authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, accepting those emotions and processing them, being emotionally honest prayers, learning that. And Heidi, this has been such a big part of our story. You know, last week at the Soul Shepherding Institute, in one of our sessions, we started to, to just touch on this a little bit. And, um, you know, the, the others there with us kept pulling and drawing right. more out of that in our different ways of getting awakened, you know, and how it, with you, so you, Lou had learned so much to be focused maybe on helping awaken my emotions, but not really as much your own process with that. And then the gift it was to me when you not only were helping me awaken my emotions and deal with them in healthy ways, but then you let me help you awaken your emotions and how it's been a, it's been a learning, a growth process for us over the last, you know, 32 years. Yeah. To cultivate that mutuality uh, for those listening that don't know, I'm an, uh, an oldest child of five and Christy, you're the youngest mm-hmm. of three. And so we played out that those roles in the early years of our marriage that I was the um, 
ultra responsible one and a, a thinker and keeping myself together all the time and and you were more uh, aware of your feelings and your needs and able to uh, sort of uh, express that especially with my and my workaholic years as being in full full bore uh, that affected you a lot and yeah, well, I think, you know, Dallas, is, Dallas Willard, our mentor, has been so precise with words. And he says, you know, he puts good words to feelings make wonderful servants, but terrible masters. And I think in part my story was I was mastered by emotion before. And your part was you didn't recognize how feelings could be good servants. I, I thought think. I was mastering them yeah. by subduing them. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody else had the feelings, and I would help them. Yeah. And there's a collusion in that. We've done a podcast on that a while ago, but uh, collusion is where, because you're being emotional, then I don't have to be. I can be in my head. And because I'm doing all this thinking and analyzing, you don't have to. You can just be in your feelings. Right. That's an unconscious thing. Because you're being weak, then I'm being strong. Yeah. And each, each side of the dynamic reinforces the other. Like you said, it's it's unconscious. We wouldn't realize that we're doing it. No. So we had to we had to break out of that. Right. We both had to learn to befriend our emotions and learn to to let them use them as helpful servants in this life with God. Yeah. Thank God for my first counselor, uh, Kara Campbell, in college, who um, mentored me in counseling by counseling mm-hmm. me. Yes, I <laughs> think I, that for her too. When I said I volunteered to be your teacher's aide because I wanted to learn from the master how to, how to be a Christian counselor. And I had no idea that what that meant was, is every week for an hour, she would ask me how I felt. And, and we'd go looking for those lost sheep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I began to learn the language of emotions. And, you know, it took a long time. And it's something I'm still in process with, of course. But uh, it was a really big deal for me, and I, I eventually just made a strong determination, r- really like a vow, that said, you know, I am going to lean into being aware of my emotions and bring those to the Lord and to safe people. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of my emotions now, and uh, anytime I pretty much know what I feel and can put words to that. And so that was early in that process for us and and learning to be vulnerable with you. Mm -hmm. And you were so good, Christy, to to be gentle with me, of course, but also to respect me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure how that was going to go. And I, I, sadly, in the counseling office over the years, I've seen situations where between uh, spouses or, or friends or church staff members, when one is vulnerable, sometimes it, it, it sort of gets used against them. Maybe not intentionally, mm-hmm. but there's a sense of disrespect uh, about that, that vulnerability or that weakness. Uh, I mean, we've seen pastors get sideways with their elders mm-hmm. because they were vulnerable. Right. Just because they had admitted yeah. to having some feelings and some struggles, mm-hmm. some fear, some discouragement, and, and suddenly they don't seem pastoral, and, and uh, then they lose their pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just heartbreaking. We've seen churches split over this, mm-hmm. where... One side is just real strong and um, being reasonable and um, real literalistic with the Bible and real black and white about stuff and uh, lots of rules for things. And it's all about Christian behavior and looking right. And then the other side is more, more, more open, more fluid, more in touch with feelings and more vulnerable and more into grace and relationships. And then you just get this conflict and it, and it goes both ways between mm-hmm. the two sides. And it's really sad when yeah. that tears... Uh, people and families and churches apart. Mm-hmm. 
And so usually what's happening there is somebody is not befriending their own emotions. Yeah. They're not accepting and owning their, their hurt, their, their weakness, their yeah. anxiety, their fear, their anger. They're not, they're not owning that and mm-hmm. dealing with that. And so then they can't accept it in the other person. No, they're judging it in the other person. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it shuts down and destroys relationships. And in my case, I actually had great respect for you and the courage that it took for you to learn to get in touch with your emotions and to share them. And it actually built great intimacy for us. And so I was appreciative of that and saw that as taking great courage and saw also that you were trusting me. You were, you were respecting me and trusting me with a part of you that was vulnerable. And we, we got out of that collusion dynamic. So yeah. as I took courage to be vulnerable with you, that called forth your strength mm-hmm. to empathize with me and to continue to respect me. And so then we, we got out of that. And so then you were like less emotional and I was less distant and heady. Yeah, but it's an interesting thing too, because I found as we were in that process that I could quite easily empathize with your emotion, but I, my tendency was still to reject my own emotion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In other words, the empathy I had for you when you were having emotions was pretty natural and easy and, and generous. But if I were to have emotions, I would judge them. I would try to shut them down. I would feel like I was too emotional. And so I still, even though it was fun and easy for me, and it was awakening a new, a greater love for me and you to befriend your emotions, it was a bigger work for me to learn to befriend my emotions. Yeah, a lot of you who are listening right now relate to what Christy just said, because you're, uh, you're a helper. You know, you're maybe a, a spiritual director, a counselor, a soul friend, you listen to other people, you serve people, whether you have a, a identified role doing that or not. And so... When, when you tune in to other people with uh, sensitivity and with care, uh, sometimes you're, you're good at doing that for other people, but not for your own self. And so at some point, that's all going to break down, isn't it? You can't really sustain that. Mm-mm. No. Because if you're feeling bad about your own needs, and your own emotions, uh, you're going to wear out. You're going to get mm-hmm. compassion fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's a real... Uh, thing that's a, a form of burnout, compassion fatigue. You you can't keep uh, empathizing with other people if you're shutting down your own pain or uh, despising that, mm-hmm. falling into shame. Which we're going to be talking about in next week's podcast. We're going to be talking about shame and and befriending our shame, which might surprise people. But uh, we we can. That's the way through these. These painful and negative emotions, we're just going to go right through uh, some uh, number of different uh, fear and anxiety and anger and sadness. And we're going to talk about how to befriend each of those different emotional states. So so you had to learn how to uh, not just accept my emotions, which you were quite ready to do, but you had to learn how to, when, when you were emotional, not to just like let it spill out, which back then that was especially the habit, was you would under stress or if we had conflict or different things, emotions would just sort of pour out. Mm-hmm. And, but you would, even as I was listening to you and trying to comfort you, in your internal self-talk was shaming. It was. I was, I was rejecting myself. And I was shaming myself for having the emotions, and I was embarrassed that I had them. 
Yeah. You felt like you were too emotional mm-hmm. and, and too needy and you just needed to like, you know, get your act together and mm-hmm. be stronger, be more adult, be more rational. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you were doing that, the um, tragic irony in that was, is that was diminishing the value of my care for you. And it created some frustration for me. We had to sort of figure that out and disentangle that. Yeah. You helped me understand that I couldn't receive your love to awaken me because I was rejecting myself and I was blocking and spoiling the love you were giving me. So even though you were being empathetic and patient and loving with my emotions, I couldn't receive it because I was judging myself as bad. Yeah, that was all unconscious. You, you know, when we're doing this kind of thing, we don't know that we're doing it. And that's, that's something that a, a good counselor can help you with beyond just giving you, you know, amazing empathy and emotional presence. And a, a spiritual therapist will do that in a prayerful way so that you really experience God's presence through it. But also you, you need to have identified these, uh, this internal saboteur. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a shame bully mm-hmm. inside of you. Yes. So that you're, you're free to really absorb the compassion that's being ministered to you. Yeah. So that's the power of an internal critic is to defeat that. Uh, so, so if you haven't figured out, as we're talking about befriending our emotions, this is language for empathy. And everywhere we go, Christy, people are telling us, talk to us more about empathy mm-hmm. and show us how to do that. It's like the, the, um, the, the hugest need that every person on the planet has, but so under under realized and underestimated, undervalued, uh, it's just an amazing thing. How I was talking with a, a young pastor the other day, and uh, he was just really uh, wakening up to the sad state of affairs with his family of origin that that his parents, particularly his dad, just does not know how to empathize with him. Mm. His dad is just all about his, his work and uh, projects that he's into and uh, talking about himself. And he's very busy and he's a very good Christian man, very active in the church and all that, but just does not know how to really pay attention to, uh, to my friend's emotions and needs. And so he doesn't like ask questions like, you know, well, how are you? Or, how is this situation going in your life? Or, you know, a while ago you were talking about this. What's happened with that? There's just, there isn't any sort of active listening process like that with curiosity, with, with interest, and, uh, and anything that whenever there might be some tension in the family situation, the parents don't, they just avoid it. They just shut it down. They don't know how to talk about it. And so this is really sad for my mm-hmm. friend because he wants a closer relationship. He wants to be able to be known and understood. You know, we all want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that, that's really significant here in, when it comes to empathy is that when we're in a relationship where somebody offers us empathy, it helps us to actually know ourselves better and know God better. Because one of the, you know, when you look at a baby... And we often talk about wanting to call a baby out into being, because if we just let the baby just be there and we don't engage with the baby relationally, we don't look at the baby, we don't do any mirroring, you know, we don't match the baby's, you know, communication and and we don't respond when they match ours and they don't emerge, they don't come forth. And so we've been having fun getting to do this again now with our granddaughter, Juliet 
calling her out. And what we're doing is we're empathizing with her emotion. When she's expressing any emotion, we're responding and we're, we're empathizing with her and we're showing her we're there. There's, we see her and it helps her to see herself. That's a big part of getting to know ourselves and coming, coming alive is when somebody mirrors to us. We need that mirroring, and that's why those mirroring neurons are so important because it creates new neurons in our brain and, and neural pathways that call us, it awakens us into more of ourself. And so a need we have all our life long for, for mirroring, for having our emotions and our experiences reflected back to us. And so, so yeah, with um, little Juliet there, we're, we're being... Uh, we're joining with Good Shepherd to to find her mm-hmm. and to call her into into being, so that she knows that you now we, we are interested in you, we we delight in you, mm-hmm. and whatever it is that you are experiencing, and having a little babbling conversation with her, and uh, smiling back and forth, and this there's a lot of interacting going on there, and yeah, we need this sort of uh, warmth and hospitality all our lives long, and that's what you're. Your minister friend that you were meeting with, as he was expressing to you this longing for that with his dad, in part he was aware of that because he's been receiving that from you. Well, that's key. Yeah, when I first talked with him, he didn't have any idea. You know, he he, he was really into his head. He just wanted advice from me. You know, asking me, you know, what to do in different situations because he respected me as a spiritual mentor and. I mean, I like to give people advice. <laughs> when people want to know what I think about things, I always have a lot to say. But, you know, I really cooled my jets on that. And I, that's what I typically do, particularly in that sort of a situation where I'm not uh, in a podium teaching. And just kept asking him questions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you were awakening him. That's right. And getting to know him and helping him to get to know himself and helping him to see that God knows these parts of him that he hasn't been in touch with and is calling these to life. And the only way that you learn this, if you're listening to us now and you're like just not sure about how all this works and it's interesting to you, but the only way you get awakened in your soul in God's presence is is through this path of empathy. And you, you need to experience it. You need to be in the presence of somebody who is interested in you, who uh, has a concern for you and a tender-hearted compassion for you. And by the way that they sit with you and talk with you, you begin to absorb the sense of being cared for. And then you realize this is God mm-hmm. loving me, yes. caring for me yes. through this person. Yes. And it changes the way you read scripture, the way you view God and experience God. It awakens you to his love. And it greatly increases your capacity to notice other people, mm-hmm. what they're feeling, what they need, and then how you would care for them, guide them, teach them. I mean, even if you're yeah. preaching sermons, to look out in the audience and really empathize for the people that are there and what they're going through, what they're experiencing, and how they're hearing what you're saying uh, is such a, such a big deal. So yeah, we love because God first loved mm-hmm. us and uh, we like to paraf- paraphrase that, bringing out this, that we empathize with others because God first empathized with us. Right. And that especially comes not only through scripture, but also through people in the body of Christ. Jesus, how grateful we are to you for your empathetic love, for your love that pursues us and awakens us and calls us into the light and life in you. We pray, Lord, for each of our listeners, that you would guide them 
to safe and good, loving, godly relationships where they can receive your empathetic love and give it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We'd enjoy meeting you. It'd be great if you could come to our Soul Shepherding Institute or one of our other events. You could also have us come speak to your church or community. Soul Talks is a ministry of Soul Shepherding, and it's provided by our donors. You can help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends. Thank you.